0: Napa
1: know-how. Any car brave enough to withstand a decade's worth of multi-state family voyages is worth treating to some quality parts and Napa know-how. Coolant for the Death Valley trip, wiper blades for the Pacific Northwest, air fresheners for the Southwest chili cook-off. Yeah, with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your road warrior running longer, stronger, for many more vacations to come. That's Napa know-how.
0: Napa know-how.
2: Before we kick off today, I just want to apologise for the sound quality of today's show. In my infinite wisdom, I accidentally forgot to plug the sound mixer into the computer, which meant all the sound was recorded through the computer microphone. So it sounds a little bit tinny, uh, but we hope you enjoy anyway. Hello and welcome, this is episode 20 of A Buck's Sake, my name is Jason, I am joined by three people in the studio today, number one is a man who made damn sure that I'm not going to look at a USB cable the same ever again after last week, <laughs> Dave you? Very good, mate. Good evening. Our second man is Buds, our new co-host in his second episode as the official host. Hola, how are we all? And it's time to introduce our guest. Who is from the Herald Sun. Now you might uh, recognise that music playing underneath me as the Imperial March. I think that was fitting, considering the Herald Sun is... ...known uh, around football, traps as the axis of the <laughs> So joining us today is Matt with me. I think he's one of the good guys though. This is fantastic timing. I'm not sure if it's awful timing
3: because I'm going to go away with people hating me... ...or uh, awful timing that hopefully they you know, can see that there are, there are some people within the Herald Sun ranks... ...that are pro football. But anyway, we can get into all that sort of stuff, can't
2: we? Yeah, we're going to certainly touch on a few of those subjects later on. It's a huge week. It's been a huge week and we'll chat about so many things that have been going on... ...around football and around the victory over the last few days... Uh, this week we're going to chat about the Melbourne Derby one-all draw, or so two-all draw rather. Uh, we're going to chat member of the week. Um, a few things on last week's mystery secret. There was some developments there, and also we'll have q and A Q&A with Matt as well, just about some things that have been submitted by our listeners. And then we'll look ahead to the next match. In terms of uh, music theme this week, I like to be topical where I can be, and uh, I'm going to take you back to an era where flares were king. 1970s, so this week we're going to do the 70s disco. Sponsored by Ambrosio Floral Design. You can find them at Unit One, Number Fifteen, Assembly Drive in Tullamarine. Uh, you can also give Leanne a call on nine double three eight three six zero nine. Uh, how was how was everyone's Valentine's Day yesterday? You're all wiped up, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I
3: totally
2: forgot about it. <laughs> when you've got a nine-week-old at home, there's uh, far more priorities than um,
3: than Valentine's
0: Day. I'm having mine tonight after this. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I told you last week I uh I strategically planned my uh, proposal for the day after. So. Yesterday I uh, recovered after a big Saturday night slash Sunday morning and uh, watched a few replays and pretty much uh, answered the phone all day about whether I'd gotten up to no good at the uh, football by our family and friends. Hmm. And, Dave, do I, do I want to hear what you... What I <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I got a, a gift that I'm really, really chuffed with. I've added it to my bar collection. It's these uh, whiskey lava stones that you put in the freezer and you keep your... Uh, Whiskey or whatever other spirit you're drinking, cold without watering down as ice would. So very pleased with that. Very nice. Well, we'll move on to the game. Uh,
2: two all draw Melbourne derby. It was a spirited contest as always, uh, with lots of talking points on and off the pitch. Uh, we'll start off with the, the stuff on the pitch. Firstly, it was a uh, very cagey opening, uh, very physical. A few yellow cards in the first uh, first opening minutes of the um, of the match. How did you guys see it?
0: I thought our midfield did a lot better than I thought we would. I thought it was probably one of Boxham's better games. well. he fitted in there really well. Uh, points we brought up last week about not being able to contain Fornaroli and Moy. Well, I think we contained Moy pretty well, but Faunaroli uh, did his business again. Uh, defensively, we weren't bad. I thought I thought we were actually quite good for the whole ninety. We were just unlucky to be ripped off completely and utterly blind.
1: Yeah, dominated large periods of the game, and just a. To... Real shame we couldn't take all three points. We'll go into the reasons why, but particularly in the context of the rest of the league and other results falling our way, we really could have gained some serious ground on that chase for the silverware.
2: Matt?
3: I thought it was one of the games of the season, and, and, and the best thing for me at the moment, I wrote about it, after the game, was how many times have we said that this season? A lot of the games have involved Melbourne Victory, which has been fantastic, but yeah. it's just a shame that in the context of the season that we're having in terms of there being probably more controversy than ever, I reckon the action on the pitch is better than ever, which is just amazing. And, and it's, it says to me, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10, come at it. Like, you're doing a disservice to your viewers, I reckon, if, you, if, you're, I reckon if you're not having a look at some of these games. Because, like, I know this is obviously a victory podcast but Bruno Fernandes' goal was world class Fahid Ben the finish was finish was arguably even better the finish yeah. itself was unbelievable the action on the pitch at the moment is so so good which is just a shame that then the other stuff is happening that's sort of taking the gloss off that because I just loved the other night it was such a good game yeah I
0: mean the morning afternoon right after the game Fox were calling it one of the greatest derbies ever and uh, I had to retake again, but yeah, I think it's not not far off the mark it. it was super. It was action packed and the drama in the terrace was absolutely like, you could feel it, it was fever pitch at times and it was one of the better terraces and boy did our support come back. Yeah. We it glossed really over came it back. We, we glossed over it last week about how
1: good the last month has been with the results. Um defensively I think this yeah the A League is Probably still behind some other leagues, yeah. but um, you know the intensity of the football uh, has just been phenomenal. And you know we capped it off later in the later in the round with Wellington's absolutely amazing performance. And just recently, yeah, there's a lot of goals and a lot of quality. Mm. It was a good response, especially
2: after uh, our performance last week. We kind of went back into our shells a little bit, so it was a good performance to dominate the possession. Uh, might as well chat about that disallowed goal. <laughs> You can't really say too much about it with a no. goal. It's the thing. It's just, what? it's just so annoying that it was like... You don't even need goal
3: line technology for that. As Muskie said, it's just clear as day. It's just human error. Um, I'm not one that necessarily bangs on. I know we're going to talk a bit about the refereeing a bit later, but I'm not one to bang on necessarily much about it. There's rep- poor referees in, in, in all sports and across the world and all that sort of stuff. You're going to copy whack sometimes, but that's just basic human error. And unfortunately... Costs a clear two points because obviously we have no doubt the victory would have gone on and won that game especially as to what was transpired later on with Caceres getting sent off and potentially yep. Gariccio should have probably been sent off as absolutely,
0: well absolutely absolutely. Uh, also didn't think we I think Kev as as much as Kev got right in the night I think his substitutions again let him down and I think we could have gone for the game a bit more in the end I think bringing Broxham off and subbing Archie on in the 85th minute was just short-sighted by Kev he's Particularly- done, a, he's done a, yeah, he's done it a few too many times this year. I think he just left too little too late, and we really should have gone. So we had mm. so much possession and so much tempo in that. And we, our heads didn't drop after the goal was disallowed. It only galvanised us more. Mm. Boy, boy, did we get moved mm. up.
1: Archie's yeah. history in this fixture too. Oh.
0: You yeah, know, five minutes,
1: not really, really enough. Like the man, and as we've <laughs> said before,
0: all he needs to do is just warm up. Mm. Stand up, do a little shimmy, shake the leg, and everyone's up there chanting his name. He rips the shirt, he rips his... Uh, his uh, sweater off and gets ready to go, and the whole crowd's there. It's twenty five thousand people losing their minds for him, and he feeds off that. And he just he Absolutely. needs more, he needs more than five minutes in a derby. So, uh, just
3: holistically as well. Then, just looking back, I don't know if we've sort of just spoken about it, but I would just hate, given how close it is at the moment, if we look back, come at the end of round twenty seven, and those two points are the difference between you know top two. And not because top two is massive in this league, and especially with victory obviously going to be in the Champions League. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's the trip to Shanghai in between the um, the elimination final and the semi-final as well. So to have that elimination final week off, knowing you've got an Etihad Stadium semi-final waiting. Right, could, it's just it could be the difference between title and not. So. It's going to
0: be a bonanza the last few weeks and the final six. It's going to be the best one ever. I think it's going to be the best final six ever. Yeah, I've got it. Adelaide
1: third now. <laughs> <I
0: don't> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> And
2: that it all will start. But also at the top, uh, I think was it Brisbane who lost. True. True. to two? So, yeah. so the, the we just keep hanging in there. We think top two is done and dusted every week, but we just keep hanging in there with some results around us. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that as weeks go on. It, it's worth
1: covering off on some of the individual performances. And and, yeah. and one thing I'd probably. Want to mention first up is um, it looks like uh, Young Galloway has taken the left back role off, off of George Jeski. Yeah. yeah, he was and, but, Yeah, you know uh, it's two weeks in a row now. Um, we were saying this weeks and weeks ago that you know maybe messages need to be sent for the, the players that haven't been performing. Um, and you know Galloway didn't
0: disgrace himself, and hopefully this sort of puts a rocket up George Yessky. He was a lot better Galloway than he was last week, and I remember me and you at the start of this season we were going over the signings that we had to make. I think we were talking about a fantasy comp for A-League. We were. (laughs) And we were talking about Daniel Georgievski possibly being one of the first three or four players that you would take out of anyone in the league for his ability as a a fullback to really come up and gave us a great attacking option last year and was a point of difference in so many games. And he's been out of shit this year. There's not many players like him in the league that have
1: a nose for goal that are also full So, mm. you know, you can probably rattle off a few, like, you know, Risden and maybe Tarek Elrich occasionally. But it, it's a pretty limited list. So he's a very valuable player. And i just like to think that this is Kev man-managing mm. a little bit. I rate him so high. I thought both
3: full-backs the other night, for, for what it's worth, were fantastic. And Gary yeah, just yeah. continues have to continue, be so good. And <laughs> loved... A, I, pro- I hope I'm not being self-serving, but I had a good chat with him last week for a story in the paper. He's such a good kid. Like, Victory is very lucky to have a lot of great kids amongst its ranks. Um, but yeah, Galloway continues to shine. I rate him so highly. Look, a couple of weeks ago I would have said, I hope he leaves at the end of the season because he personally deserves more. He deserves to get more action on the pitch. And I know obviously clubs had nipples at him during January, but I actually said to Dave Davutic in the press box the other night, I reckon Giorgiewski probably better serves victory from the bench because he can come on and play left or right. So depending on how the game's going and what is needed, you know, he could be an effective super sub in that sort of sense. Whereas if you lock Galloway into the left, Giorgiewski into the right, oh, sorry, Gary into the right, and then Giorgiewski can come on and help on either side depending on what transpires throughout the
0: match. That is a great and I think it makes the bench look stronger because there have been some games this year where one, yeah, one, you're one, really scraping the one barrel. Sitting so, there, you're definitely. Right. Down
2: there. So yeah. And bud, you have mentioned uh, this in the past as well. When we pot shot players, they seem to turn up. Yeah, I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, they're listening. They're listening. I knew I had I knew Matt was coming on the show. And the number one question I get—we're doing q and A Q&A with Matt later on—but the number one question I get is why don't or doesn't any journalist bring up Vukovich's distribution with? Distro, yeah, I believe it's called, distro, mate. Distro, yeah. so he's So his distribution was very good on the weekend. <laughs> Can I tell the story? But before that, was it wasn't. <laughs> uh, two points.
3: I heard you say that a couple of weeks ago, and so I promised that for all intents and purposes, I was going to ask about Vukovic at the press conference, and I missed the press conference because I had a meeting with someone else in the football industry at that time, so I had to take the audio. So my apologies on that. I was going to. Sitting in training last week, I swear to God,
0: Danny Vukovic hit a car on Swan Street. I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not kidding
0: I'll tell you what, earlier <laughs> in the piece, there was a few that went out, and, and your call Distro Stew has travelled. Yeah, it has. Has it really? Okay. It's got legs, and I've never seen the people before that were calling him Distro Stew, so Yeah, there were
2: a lot of people in the terrace saying Distro as the game went on, and that's a good <clears> segue, way. let's move into what happened in the crowd, it was a very good night in the terrace, uh, up until we yeah, scored that first Sorry. goal.
0: That was kind Yeah. One of the better terraces in a long time was great. They're always good for these, north and south combined. Mm. Mm. And we had good leadership at the front and, and cracking rendition of horses. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> so 52 minutes no, now, it's, just so uh, everyone's aware. 52 yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was quite good. It was a few stunned faces up the front, but then they kind of got the juice and it happened. Yeah. yeah. But and that was just before the non-goal, wasn't it? That was just before the non-goal. And <laughs> then the bottles started <laughs> flying. So that's probably where it turns out. Mm.
2: Yeah, so we have to obviously speak about what happened with the flares and the bottles uh, and all that kind of stuff. We'll start off with the flares. We did touch on this last week. We we made our, our views known that it, you know last week it wasn't acceptable because of the, the timing of you know what was going on, the FFA and the fans. This week, it just seemed absolutely stupid. It was red rag to a ball
1: stuff. Mm. Like,
2: come on. It, it was, we are discussing the we all know
3: there have been weeks, plenty of weeks, way worse than what we saw on the weekend. But you just knew that the eyes of the world, anyone that wanted to take a pot shot at the game, was waiting. And it only needed one flare, one incident, to make it into this big thing. And lucky Billy Brownless and Gary Wine things going on at the moment, because <laughs> it would have been front page on Sunday as well, yeah. I'm telling you. And it's just red and I know my paper does this, and it's, it annoys me too, and I know we're going to talk about it later on. But bloody hell. Seriously, if you have any fucking care for your football club whatsoever, you just have to know that this week was not the week to do it.
1: You raise an interesting point. The people that do this, and I've been in discussions today with a few people, there's a belief amongst some sort of northern terrace leadership that the people doing this are are randoms, who aren't members, they're just utter nincompoops who rock up and do it for the thrill, Mm. which puts the Northern Terrace leadership in a difficult position. Absolutely. Yes,
0: absolutely. Um, my views are known. The lads that are in the crews know that I'm a... I don't, I don't want pyro at all. It's got its place. I like, as a celebration, perfect. Warning shots were fired from HQ last week. Mm. And if there was ever a week to have a siesta, it was probably this week. Just have a siesta and it's not... It's the editing room that kills us. It's one, 45 seconds of a news story. Mm-hmm. They need fifteen seconds of people walking down Swan Street and one they, picture. One picture. Three seconds of people approaching the camera cameraman and the reporter yeah, that, right. are for, that are angling that are doing the wrong thing in the first place and angling for a reaction. They need three seconds of that and then they need what happens in the ground. And it was one one or two clears in the crowd. They can like. Wasn't it Natasha Balland or whatever from Channel Ten? Balland, Natasha (laughs) Balland tweeting yesterday: uh, appalling violence, nine flares, A-League soccer disrupted again. And it's like there was no appalling violence. Like, can't condone people throwing bottles onto the pitch or, or or flares in the first place. They're illegal. Case in point: they're illegal and they're never going to be accepted in the Australian sporting landscape. And they're not. No, the, the stadium says they're illegal, the police say they're illegal. That's where it lies, Ms. That yeah, that's the that's, that's where it lies. Whether people do them, whether people rip them or not, that's up to the individual. But at the moment, the individual isn't going to get punished as an individual. The club is now. And, yeah. the team going to get and punished. speaking of so, that, this afternoon the club was handed
1: a so show calls goes, notice notice uh, uh, from the FFA. Similar thing that happened to the Wanderers last week. They'll cop the same fine.
2: Same time. fine. Yeah. I, can't, I can't see it being any different. There have been some calls to for the FFA to come down harder, especially as it happened last week. But I don't, I don't think that's possible.
0: You we'll have to give the same.
2: You have to give the same punishment. For what it's worth, uh, believe me, don't believe me, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That Channel Nine crew the the, the mm. reporter I heard this is a victory member her kids are victory members her her husband worked at the club for 5 years I swear to god she was there to do a positive story now was that the time to do it because it's red rag to a bull stuff like i you know what one of the stories i really want to do on melbourne victory is talk to people in the north terrace about how you come about how how this happens like afl 2 squads are clearly utterly crap compared to yep. the atmosphere that is generated at AFL games my wife absolutely loves it is a convert now and, and the part of the reason why is because she loves the atmosphere generation. generated so why don't you do a story on how these guys do this understandably given the way that my paper has treated the sport historically no one, wants no one wants to talk and that's fine I get that I wouldn't have gone down there on the weekend given the tension that existed on to try to look for that story so was it the right time probably not but there has you have to be it is hard because there has been such poor treatment of the sport and its fans historically, but not every single person is out to get them. So and then obviously it just manifests itself into then something else that do you not exactly. you know what I I'm, I'm trying to say? I probably not articulated it very But yeah.
1: there's a natural inclination or a posturing by a lot of Northern Terrace people to simply not engage with the media for yeah. the stop. And, and a lot of it's justified. Absolutely it yeah. is.
3: Yeah, absolutely it is.
1: So I mean I I totally get where you're coming from. And even today, some people on the melbournevictory.net forum were kind of just poking a little bit, some Northern Terrace people saying, you know, you've got to come out with a statement. You've got to come out and say, OK, we we don't want flares or anything like that. And a couple of people just sort of said, that's not going to happen. So we had the RBB release that statement last week, which was an absolute joke, Mm -hmm. their statement um, about it. So... Yeah, it's a tough one because. May statement man the in itself, in a way too. I mean, it was sort of kind of unclear to see, but you guys might have a bit
3: more of an idea. I mean, clearly there was the booing when the fans. Yeah. up, and yeah. then also too, was there a little bit of self policing? The sense of like, was the flare not handed and tried to be extinguished and handed to the cops by fans in amongst there? Like it, I, it seemed think, to be. I think
0: it was. I think it was uh, disposed of pretty quickly yeah. inside the terrace. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of booing, a lot of people... Uh, and there has been a lot of... Within, within, the, within the fan base, there's mm. been a lot of backlash mm. towards the fans. Now, I don't know whether that all stems to North Terrace because it's a special terrace for derbies in a way Derby. Yep. It's not all North Terrace. There's a lot of randoms. Yeah. A lot of people want in. Yep. The South Terrace, there's North Terrace. On Dead Set, there's East and West as well. Yep. And... and yeah, you,
3: you, you can I be... hope there's not more backlash against North Terrace because you only have to use common sense to know that it's not like 99.9% of Melbourne Victory fans are not freaking ferals. They go there and create the best atmosphere yeah. in the league, best atmosphere in Australian sport, and have a fantastic time. It's just Absolutely. we're talking about five, six idiots on the weekend. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're and they're causing now massive angst for the club that they
0: supposedly support. 100%. Massive max, and had this been in a couple of weeks, what happened? There may not have been the same backlash. Mm. It was just red rag to a mm. Tension was high, and the media are jumping all over it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. Thank that God. Is- thank God. Fucking Gary. Pork the bill. Well, the thing is, is there's, there's, nothing there's nothing else. There's there's nothing re- inside, it's finished. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's
1: nothing else to take it away. The reaction, though, also stems from the fact that two months ago, we all got in and went into BAT for active support in the Northern Terrace in, in the Melbourne Victory context. Mm. Because of the Daily Telegraph article and because of these, I guess, persisting issues that active fans have had to deal with, everybody got on board. Even the Melbourne Victory board, you know, were... were right behind active fans and then a mere matter of two months later we have this sort of flagrant stuff happening which just says well you know what screw you guys and that's why the people were booing
2: yeah well we'll, we'll leave it there because uh, obviously we could talk about this all day uh, yeah. we'll probably if if last week was any indication we'll know of our penalties around about thursday morning and uh, we'll talk about it next week as well in the podcast we'll move in now to uh moment of the week yeah, what do you do, you know? Um, when the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's. Remember some- Durakovich. Putting the ball at
1: the back of
2: the neck.
1: When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's. Remember some- the Durakovich. There
2: were quite a few nominations for Member of the Week this week, obviously, with our own fans, the RBB statement, but we decided to give it to. Tom Elliott from the 3AW radio network. If uh, you're not sure who Tom Elliott is, he's essentially the poster boy of white boy privilege. Uh, oh, went, to, went, went to Went to in Q. He's the the son of uh, former Carlton president uh, John Elliott, yeah. and also uh, a wealthy businessman. So uh, Tom Elliott does the drive show on 3AW. Which, if you don't know what 3AW is, it's a it's a radio station for baby boomers to call up and complain about the price of bread or petrol. Uh, but uh, Tom Elliott in The uh, Herald Sun last week wrote a little think piece about how he thought the game of football could improve. and He's he's come up with some... Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, you sure you want to call it? Oh, uh, cracking suggestions, yeah. weren't they? Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so, he, in, in one article he, he managed to be a little bit racist, a little bit ignorant and a bit obnoxious as well in the same article. So he came up with such ideas as uh, removing the offside, that, that silly offside rule. It's a really silly one. Mm. Uh, expanding the goals. That'd make it better. And also removing the goalkeepers, which would just ensure free-flowing scoring. How many, that, how many goals we get over the week in the A-League? Quite a few. Quite a few, yeah. 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 Average of five game, Yeah. When you've got make, keepers like Fukovic, you don't really need oh. to remove the goalkeepers. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> make the goals bigger, Tommy. <laughs> so that appeared in the Herald Sun. Obviously, that's a great segue into speaking to to Matt here about... How what it's like to work with Herald Sun? It's a question that we get, uh, and we never really had a chance to um, ask someone, someone who there. works for Herald Sun. And is yeah. trying to fight the good fight. What's it like when you work dealing exclusively with football, and then you know reading your own paper and seeing this kind of stuff almost on a weekly basis? I don't think we need to, to name names and No, are.
3: but I've been training a fine line for much of the last four days anyway. Because I trend, I was trending in Melbourne on Twitter on Friday after replying to Tom Elliott's article 14 times. Yeah, you opened a novel, didn't you? Factual inaccuracies that were contained in the story. And then Dave and I in our chat QA in the paper on the Saturday had a subtle dig that they've managed to sneak through as well. Like about like sending Vukovic and science to the pub in the second half if there would be no goals on Saturday <laughs> um, oh, it's it's to be honest, it's it annoys me. It pisses me off every day. It's really, really hard. Like and it's not even necessarily sometimes the reporters, but just the crap that they get fed by a lot of the time this season as well. It's been really noticeable the cops um, with just statements that aren't been checked or aren't challenged in any way, shape, or form. Talking about empty stadiums, solving the flare problem in Europe, which we all know is absolute garbage. How women and children don't come to victory games, which no, we all know all is absolute garbage. And it's just that annoys me just as much as anything. I was going to come in and say that I think our treatment of the game in the last couple of years, especially at the front of the paper, has been a little bit better, because we had the chance to run that 198 band list, um, and we didn't. Yeah. Um, but as you were saying before, pretty much this time last year, that we ran a game, even though it ran a story, double-page story, even though there were flares at the game about how with the atmosphere is at, at, at football games. Yep. Um, and yet we have one player the other night. I don't think it was two. I don't know where this has come from. Oh, I, I can only remember one A player, God. So every story yeah. that I've written, it's been one because yeah. it, I only saw one with my eyes. Um, so it sort of just seems to be flavour of the week, flavour of the month stuff. It annoys me because, yes, David Verdich mm-hmm. and I work our asses off every single day to try and get good stories in. And I think we've got a good partnership in that. Dave does great news stories. I think he's really pissed off Melbourne City the last couple of weeks because every single transfer story on them has been bang on. They have no idea where it's <laughs> been coming from. But I like to do the more of the, the, the fluff pieces, like the one on the Jason Guerrier and, and, and really sit down with the boys and tell their stories and all that sort of stuff. And I think it, it's, it's coverage that we haven't seen in the Herald Sun on the game um, oh, I, ever really, yeah. and, I, and I love it I love the game and I love where it's going and I'm very confident about where we're going to be at in, in 20 years time but I get frustrated that we take two steps back yes because of shit tabloid typical crap that we do sometimes and yes I know I could probably get in trouble for saying that but it's true we all know it's true yeah, I think there's it's getting a, better there's a
0: particular female that loves, loves latching onto these there is cracks you, know
3: the, <laughs> you know what the thing is though too though is it's, it's really really hard. there's only one thing that Tom Alley got right in his story and it's that AFL is the biggest game in town We know that The Herald Sun is a business that is there to make money and clearly the, the readership is dying off We need to try and keep readers and whatnot people want to read about AFL. The website stats are the what they point to at the moment and the website stats tell us that the Herald Sun is massive for 40 stories everyone clicks on 40 stories. And they don't click as much on stories about other sports. So it's really, really hard then when hardcore football fans refuse to read our stories, which is fair enough because of the historical treatment. If they don't, if they don't click on the site and read our stories, the numbers don't get boosted and the editors say, well, the stories are irrelevant because people aren't reading them. It's so that snowball effect, whereas if more people read the football stories then they'd be like, oh shit, this is really popular. People are reading our products because of football stories so we're going to invest more time and effort into putting more space and it's that that snowball effect. So it's really, really hard, that that bridge that we're trying to to Mend, I suppose, at the moment, <coughs> in trying to get more people to read it so therefore we can get more space, therefore we can read more articles, more people read them, more articles, you know what I mean? It's like, top for right
0: look at the quantitative. Exactly. Do
2: you yeah. get stats on your own, like quick stats? We can. The in the last list.
3: couple of weeks, we've been access, given access to it, so it's been a really, really sort of um, engaging couple of weeks to see sort of what works and what but doesn't. But that's a recent thing. Really, yeah, yeah. Only so, me personally. I mean, yeah, clearly yeah, okay. the bo- powers the be would have yeah, the bosses have that forever. But We've be- only
2: been given access in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, so the journalists themselves have only been recently given access, obviously the editors and so forth we know exactly what's what's popular and what's not Yeah. Uh, so obviously in a journalism sense we've moved away from quality in the paper and more about how many clicks you can garner is that pretty much the, the summary of it? Oh, look, uh, of I don't know about
3: agendas and clickbait and all that sort of stuff sometimes but I mean you only have to look at the fact that our biggest driver of product is Supercoach. yeah that's
1: yeah, not yeah, users, right. is it?
2: Sponsor of Buck's sake is the LIT IT services. They are now the famous LIT services after last week. <laughs> if you give Peter a call on 1-800-843-695. Have you got anything nice to say this week, Dave? Maybe to redeem yourself a little bit
1: for, for Pete's business. Uh, no comment. Yeah. Oh, come on, didn't you fix the internet in your house? Not yet. He's working on that as we speak. Well, well, better, better download rates and, you know... I won't say what I download, but. No, of course.
2: <laughs> Don't even give me an idea. Uh, We've we gone to a few things we talked about last week. Victory Secret has been a busy, busy week. Uh, boom, 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 yeah. two for two. Well, one. One <laughs> two, but I'm pretty confident well, we, on that second we one. We made
0: the news in New Zealand. We did. Oh, we yeah, have Two true. separate stories and quotes from an ex or what. I'm sorry, but. Yes. Yeah. We stirred the pot. Well, that's pretty pretty bang on, I guess, but hopefully it,
1: we, we're kind of hoping that we're wrong still with Costa, but... Uh, I'm not hoping I'm wrong. I, I, it's unfortunate
2: that I'm wrong. I, I know that I'm right. Uh, oh, right. It's, like, it's just unfortunate that I'm that I'm right.
1: You're we, convinced yeah. he's gone. Mate, we're, I'm we're right. I'm convinced know, right. it, yeah. We
3: know.
1: the your
2: ones.
3: fantastic, so... So, okay. what,
2: what happened, uh, obviously, <laughs> I'll explain a little bit about that, that Costa story. So, um, I said on the podcast, I had one source at that time. Um, who told me about it a few days beforehand? Now, I'm not sure. How, how do you go when you get sources? Do you have to verify? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, well, well, I didn't verify to too much. Good, yeah, yeah fact checking. <laughs> yeah, this is my first big you know, <laughs> you want scoop. Want ethical scoop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't verify my one source, but I backed him in anyway, and I obviously put on the podcast. <laughs> the, the morning after, I had another person come to me um, with knowledge of the cost situation. Yeah, Costa. <laughs> nah, no, George so, Oh, Okay, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone came to me. Uh, and said that I was actually spot on the money. So then I put up a story on the Melbourne Victory website. It got 3,000 hits in one day, which uh, how's
1: that? How's, really that how's that compare to your hits? Wow! Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: we made, as I said, we made international headlines in uh, two, two stories. Of, two stories printed in the paper.
3: Right.
2: Have you heard anything about this, Matt?
3: Honest to God, hand on heart, you were the first one. So well done. Well
2: done. Look.
3: If it if it's true and clearly it's going to be true because you got the uh, the Syria date D, D, right, um, I can't begrudge. Cost that, to be honest. Yeah. I reckon two to three years is the average for a foreigner to be in, a, in an A-League club. He, so. he deserves the coin because I think consistently mm. over the last twenty-four months, he's probably been Victory's best player. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Clearly, he's not going to get much more with Oli and, and Barisha taking the uh, marquee spots. So, and look, if we'll, I don't know what your thoughts are on Wellington and whatnot, it's probably another tangent. But if we want them to be a successful and thriving club, to have a great New Zealander as their marquee player, I think is a really good thing. So, that's I what, don't think he would leave with too many hard feelings.
0: That's why we say Nick's. That's that's why the rest of the league got up and said Gallup saved the Knicks. Yeah. And then performances like yesterday, it's quite good. It's to our detriment. Well, a, a bit of a counterpoint to that. Is New Zealand football,
1: you know, is that to Australia's detriment that, that we're funding essentially, indirectly, a, a New Zealand team for no benefit to Australian football? And to counter that, is there,
0: <laughs> is there another decent licence coming that we're going to... Pour a heap of money into well, the Well, not, a, not the at the
1: moment. Yeah. I, I, look, I don't agree with getting rid of Wellington Phoenix. They're a successful club. At least they are off the pitch. Um, yeah, their crowds could be
0: better, let's yeah. be honest, yeah, but yeah. Um,
1: ultimately I think that they are a good brand for the league.
0: Yeah, I just think they've gone they've gone too far with them to just get rid of them. Yeah. I just think hmm. they've been here for a New Zealand franchise. Who's been in the league for eleven seasons now? So we don't we want expansion. We don't want retraction.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of used to them and I don't mind. There's a team in the league that I don't speak I, I still want to do a Wellington away trip as I still well. Still want to do one? Yeah, duty yeah. free. Yeah, you
2: yeah,
1: yeah. that's the the one away trip where you can get some duty free. You want to speak about your old scoop. You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that was <laughs> too,
2: too much correct. Fun well, no, I, I, I need to uh, I need to keep to a runtime, so I'm going to move on to the next one, which is the one that I got correct, and this is the one that I always got laughed at the most over. Uh, we backed the sauce in. We backed the sauce in, and the... I knew it was true. But I, I was sweating. I was really sweating all week because uh, nothing really came about. Came about uh, with it, and then I woke up on Saturday morning to a few messages. Uh, I think it broke overnight in Italy that uh, a consortium consisting of. Uh, Di Pietro and Mirabella
1: Mi- Mr. No, no, Metricon. no, no. Uh,
2: oh, um, MetroCro Mar- Bi- I- oh, okay. yeah. No, yeah, sorry, MetroCro Whose uh,
1: family is from the Trieste region yeah, I believe yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: so they've purchased a, a share in an Italian Serie D club We said Serie C, but it was Serie D Tomato, 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 tomato. whatever um, We got It was a Union Triestina uh, You thought it, though, come <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on Trieste GS that uh <laughs> now this so it doesn't seem like on the surface it's too associated to Melbourne Victory per se. Uh, it seems like you know it might be a passion project. If D Pietro was an actor, this would be like he's like indie film. Uh, where it's just <laughs> you know it's just something he wants to do for himself. But then there's also been some conspiracy theories that it's gonna be a way to circumvent the A-League salary cap in ways that Melbourne City have done that a little bit, so I'm not sure
1: I can't see how, to be honest and the reports are suggesting that it has nothing to do with Melbourne Victory, um, and it's purely just an investment by people that happen to be on the
0: Melbourne Victory board I thought, I said last week, if it's going to be commercial, it better be a bloody good commercial agreement. Mm -hmm. I was in Trieste in August July of August last year nice place, it's the place you drop your car off when you're travelling through Italy on the car and then you're going over to Slovenia or Croatia. There's not much there. There's not much happening in Trieste. there. Beautiful place, but, you know, it's gateway to Istria and all that. But I just don't know what... I think it's a love job. It'd it have to be a love job. Maybe a money laundering job. Who knows? <laughs> but but I don't want to break any scripts can, about can you, that. Can you, you, can not, can you don't want to make <laughs> any <laughs> disparaging comments at all? Can you not accuse our chairman of money laundering on the I podcast? didn't at all. I didn't. But there's nothing <laughs> going on. I think I saw. we saw the pictures... It's, we thought the Port Power um, oh, yeah. when they brought the tarps over at uh, Footy Park all those years ago. Yeah. These guys have got tarps of crowds <laughs> to make it look like a crowd in the terrace. So their stand was a lot bigger than I thought it would be too. Maybe so.
2: Melbourne City can take note of that. Did you hear about that at all either or did it was it news to you, Matt? What? The the, 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 the Italian club being bought. Did you know about that beforehand? Oh, I heard only runlings, but, only, but yeah, the fact that it was sort of
3: wasn't necessarily going to have much to do oh. with um, victory per se
2: we struggle to get enough victory you know victory in city news and papers yeah. so yeah you're not going to get a club yeah. 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 yeah fair enough uh, and then we'll move on to as well uh, tomorrow I believe is it Kevin Musker's deadline for ACL selection is it tomorrow
3: it's weird Asian Football Confederation regulations are weird it's a week <laughs> before the first match it doesn't say whether it's the first match would it be Tuesday or victory's first match would be Wednesday regardless uh, it's coming um Hand on heart, I know we're recording this Monday. The theory is that Muskie tells the players Tuesday. Um, I have a hunch, though, that Victory fans will be surprised about who's in the squad.
0: Okay. I'm I'm, I'm generally excited about this. Mm. And also, um, the the words that got out about who we actually had a crack for, for Valeri replacement, was actually surprising and uh, very nice to hear because I thought we just bottled it. Yeah. but we had a crack at the uh, um, Iran's captain Iran's captain Iranian. yeah was, uh, the Japanese true. midfielder who had some yeah through they went through Josh Kennedy to have a look at and it. we had That'll Truisi be. almost over the and line and Milligan. and Milligan and Milligan yeah we almost had Truisi over the line but couldn't get the wage deal done yeah and yeah Milligan but Bunny has, said, uh, Bunny has put a big line through that and yeah, said that no work. so
1: yeah.
0: at least we reached out to it but jeez the, the Iranian captain would have been I can't remember his name
3: and see, this is where I think we're closed-minded in the A-League in terms of unless a player has awesome European experience, we wouldn't look at him as being a um, like a guest player. Yeah. But like Tanaka, Tamerian, I would have said that they didn't have to just come here on six-game contracts. They could have been guest players on the FFA. You don't have to go back twelve months to the Asian Cup. How good, one of the best games of the Asian Cup in terms of atmosphere was Iran versus Bahrain, right. and Absolute, right. you would get extra bums on seats from the massive Iranian community in Melbourne if you attracted a huge Iranian star, cool. and who better than their bloody <laughs> captain? They, I reckon he would. They all came out. Absolutely guaranteed to be a guest signing in the sense of being, you know, commercially viable.
1: <laughs> I see where you're coming from, Buds, about, yeah, it's great that the club made some efforts, but really, this should have been planned a long time ago. Absolutely, yeah. oh, absolutely. No, that's what was We the need to show boy. a bit yeah. more respect now to the Asian Champions League. This 3 plus 1 thing, we've known about it for 10 years. Yeah. You know, we should anticipate that, and we should, as a club, we like to think of ourselves as the biggest club in Australia.
0: We should be, you know, paying more respect to this competition. Absolutely, so. and we have bottled every campaign we've had, yep. and this is
3: our best squad going into a campaign. Correct. So, yeah, best. And it's a Grant of comes to another discussion as well about the, how the Australian game in general treats Asia. Still, uh, we need to, with a view to one, engaging more with Asia, and two, giving our teams more chance in the Champions League, need to have more Asian talent in the A League. Absolutely. Um, I think if we're going to expand in the future, which we all clearly want that to happen. I'm not sure if we've got enough Australian talent at the moment to expand to another team and not then, more teams and then not um, expand the ability to even get more foreigners. I think a five plus one will eventually, a five plus one, not a four plus Mm -hmm. one, is a distinct possibility going Mm. forward.
2: They are fully qualified and insured. They deal in new homes and renovations and commercial properties and all aspects. There's no job too small for them. You can give Boris a call on 0405 And uh, we'll move on to the next segment, Matt. At the start, I usually do our journey, but I completely forgot about it. It's been a while since we did one. We haven't had a guest on for a few weeks prior to Simon Hill and, and Budza. So, before we get into your little Q and A segment, why don't you tell us a little bit a little bit about your journey as a football fan and also covering football? I'm new breed. I'm
3: the FIFA generation, to be honest. Yeah. Just growing up obsessed with that game, and, and also too, um, I think I was trying to think back. I think I really came to really love it around the sort of time two thousand two World Cup. Obviously, it was in our time time zone and South Korea. Unbelievable tournament as well. Um, and then was hooked on the Socceroos in terms of them qualifying for trying to qualify for Germany. Um, I even remember finally back the Confederations Cup. I still reckon that was fantastic, playing against Germany and Argentina and John Aloisi scoring about 15 goals in that tournament. Um, and then the A-League came along around at that right time, same time and I was hooked. So I'm, I'm a new breed. You know, I didn't even know the NSL existed probably. I was just died in the wool footy and cricket fan growing up, played all sorts of sports like rugby and whatever else and um, have just sort of organically gone through it, which is why I've got total hope for, for where we're going um, as a sport because there's so many people that you know Jason sort of your age as well. I mean, yeah it's, it's, there's so many of us that have gone come through where playing soccer at school is totally acceptable, um, especially too because you're not allowed to tackle in, prime, in in primary and secondary school as well. So most kids are out there playing football soccer. Um, playing FIFA video games, and, you know, they're going to be fans of, the, well, they are fans of the sport now. They're going to have kids. Their kids are going to grow up and become fans of the sport as well. It's just going to be this mobile effect. So I'm one of them, in essence. And then I just started at the Herald Sun when I was 18, about eight years ago, just getting coffee, just answering phones. So I've gone up through the ranks like that, initially with an AFL reporter and now pretty
2: much exclusively just a, a football reporter. That's an old-school tale. I, I didn't think that's, like... Guys coming up through the ranks. Hey you you. I went for a
3: cadetship. I failed, but I came back, still absolutely half cut from schoolies on the Gold Coast <laughs> before the cadetship, um, and they said that I wasn't ready for it. They gave me a job, just yeah, the shit kicker job, just instead and just did it that way. So yeah, I've been there. Yeah, this is my ninth year now. So. Yeah,
1: that's no, fine. Well, now that you're an established football fan, you need to graduate from from FIFA into football, football manager. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to. Uh, q and segment so I did during the week ask for a few fan questions always good cool when we get fans putting into the show and interacting with our guests so we're going to ask you a few questions that we picked out uh, the first one will be uh, in regards to ticket prices so are the A-League ticket prices too expensive um, the FFA Cup was a contentious issue but it appears that also the ticket prices for the Melbourne Derby on Saturday was a little bit high as well I think I was paying 50 to $60 for a, a reserve ticket or even more than that in some sections of the yeah. ground When you're trying to attract fans, is uh, is it too expensive at the moment?
3: Uh, Twofold. I smelled a rat too. I thought, because early in the week, there was real, real fears that there would be a lot of seats available. And my theory was that because there's so many victory members, so many, well, not so many, but, you know, more city members when you add it to victory than what the capacity of Amy is, so people just fear missing out. And I smelled a rat thinking that the ticket prices would be exorbitant. They're only like $5 extra in terms of regular city games. Having said that, the other side of the coin is I looked at the tickets for those city games and because that's what we're comparing to and I thought it was ridiculous. Like, even the best tickets and, okay, whatever, the best tickets were like 75 bucks for adults. That's just ridiculous. Especially at a ground like Amy Park where every seat is a good one. Um, yeah, when we are trying to attract new fans, when we're looking at the Big Bash and, and how acceptable those ticket prices were, considering they've only got, what, four, five home games a year. So, if anything, their premium should be up higher.
0: 40 bucks for family. Yeah.
3: Um, I think they're too high. So, yes, I, I couldn't agree more looking at those ticket prices.
1: Well, I think our friends at City aren't used to really opening up those top levels of Amy. No. Yeah. You know, so, um, there's, a, there's a bit of an issue there for them in knowing what to do when they actually get a crowd. It's <laughs> amazing that they Obviously, the City Football Group are so cashed up that they could surely take a
2: loss and lower the tickets if, if it meant getting more people into the doors. They need to establish themselves in this market which I know they're going to be around no matter what, uh, no matter how many people turn up the games, So they need to get a, a fan base and identity. They could the chuck
0: other. their fan base a couple of bucks for Tifo, too. You get onto the Twitter handle but, underscore once you have a look at the photo. That is the worst home Tifo. It's a Westpac Tifo, wasn't it? It looked like a Westpac <laughs> Tifo. <laughs> it really did. We were for a Tifo. tifo. <laughs> uh, absolutely disgraceful, and it was all about the banner. Probably getting into more of an area that I don't. Ah.
3: Finger-painted our city banner No, we're oh. a lot of But more of an engagement maybe in terms of An opt-in process from MPL clubs Or even just any junior club That kiddies and families can then tick a box And pay a nominal extra fee to become like Members or get a certain mm. amount of tickets to early games And that sort of stuff as well I would have thought that was just a natural connection Because how we can the, the numbers, participation numbers mm. In this game are staggering they yeah. kick the AFL and any or, any sport in this country's ass, and yet only I think the number is twenty percent of those people identify as an A League fan. So it's just the crazy. The FFA Cup too, we brought up brought yeah. that point of the question.
0: that, that exactly yes.
3: your point
2: should have been done for the FFA Cup. The FFA Cup was a price gouge, yeah. absolutely yeah. ridiculous rule, and they learned the lesson as well, didn't they? Um, we'll on to the next question, <laughs> I'll let Dave ask the next question. You go for it, mate.
1: Mate, where can the A League expand? And it, I guess we're we're all Victorians, so if you had to narrowed down to Victoria where would that be but generally anyway
3: I think we need another team in Melbourne I think they fucked up well not necessarily tomorrow but I think they fucked up when Hart came in because essentially it was just another victory it was just ring red same ground there was no differentiation we're not like Sydney in terms of an east and west so I don't think now we can go a Melbourne team a Melbourne team and then be like oh okay we're going to suddenly create this divide and have a team in the southeast I'm from the southeast if you put a team in Daniel I'm not going to go and support it I don't care like we don't have that east west divide Geelong, I think, is another Central Coast or Newcastle waiting to happen. Mm. I got canned for sprouting an idea that maybe they could do an AFL model and maybe sell some games to, to, to Ballarat where they've got a nice stadium yeah. and, and, and maybe even a game to Albury or something like that to involve the whole of country Victoria. But I honest to God, I think there's only one option for <laughs> Melbourne and that's Southampton. All
1: right.
3: Yeah, to so bring back. And again, I don't right. have any of those preconceptions about what the NSL was like and all that sort of stuff. But you've got a fan base there that I don't think is going to hemorrhage city or victory because they've got some of their own. We don't need them to shoot the lights out in terms of being a uh, uh, thirty thousand every week. If they filled Bob Jane Stadium or went close to fulfilling Bob Jane Stadium, that would look fantastic on TV. And can you imagine, right? Just put yourself. Just imagine for one second, if in round two next year South Melbourne was playing Melbourne Victory at Had Stadium, how pumped would you be?
0: I'd How tough would you be? I'd also be fear fearful. <laughs> be fear- I, 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 I'm not against it. I, I, there's definitely something to work with. I don't, I don't disagree with it
3: at all. And they shoot the lights out from a TV perspective too. I know that TV um, people are definitely not
2: averse to that it's great idea. It's to get around it. It's a grudge match you could sell, but I'd be fearful considering our uh, impending points deduction suspension. I
3: think we're a different... I know it's it's hard to say we're a more mature world and a different landscape, but we are a different landscape because even though we're talking about all this shit that we are talking about before, can you imagine if we had this much exposure 10 years ago? Yeah. Like, the game the world with social media, with everything like that, is a very, very different place. And I don't think all of a sudden we're now gonna develop into this ethnic riot, crowd, fan violence thing oh, just no, because no, we no, let a no. team like South Melbourne into the competition. No. If they've got if they've got sound economic reason if they've got the cash, they've got the stadium... They, and stadium deals kill most A-league teams. They only need to have a couple of people come to their games and they make a profit. So FFA aren't going to worry about them, and that's the last thing we need, because Newcastle sucks, Central Coast sucks, Adelaide don't make much money either. Like, I think South Melbourne will be there.
1: The problem is, though, they are only currently getting a couple of people to their games, as in obviously it's a different league in yeah. the NPL and, and all of that. Um, there's arguments around the traps that there's all these latent... South Melbourne fans that are just, you know, sleeping in the woodwork at the moment. And if South made their grand return to the national top flight, that they would come out in their droves. I'm not convinced of that because you look at most of the ethnic clubs that formed in Australia, you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s, the demographics have changed with those clubs Mm. as well. So you no longer have this thriving hub. Yes, you've got, you know, a couple thousand people showing up, but is that enough? I mean, I, I I tend to agree with you that it is the option. The problem we have is the FFA who still have this Lowy hangover well, literally still have a Lowy at the helm, but there's that I guess not animosity but just this Stance about the old and the new that it's, it's not so much spoken about now, but it's still there.
3: The FFA Cup has been a massive bridge builder, and True. I think their attitude to, in, to South Melbourne in isolation in this instance is a lot um, nicer, for want of a better word, than it was now, than what it was five years ago. Elsewhere, you know, derbies are the best. I kind of agree now with the fish where the fishes are. Like I kind of like to see Canberra, but even speaking to people from Canberra, they don't even think that it would get that much support. We don't. We hate watching games on Sunday afternoon with no fans mm. at Central Coast at Newcastle. They're boring. They Wouldn't do nothing for more. the
0: sport. Wouldn't agree more.
3: So I'd like to see an Adelaide City. Imagine Adelaide yeah. City versus vs yeah. yeah. United. Uh, I'd like to see. Is Wollongong different? I don't know necessarily Sydney. That. Nah. Yeah. Wow, well, is it too it's, far removed? It's a The
0: Illawarra, a good, the Illawarra good community. Good stadium. Yeah, yeah. good stadium. Nice
1: stadium. And it's a heartland. It Much a like lovely. Newcastle, There's, there's, you know, I actually went on holidays in that region late last year. And it's a wonderful part of the world. I'd love to see Wollongong added to the mix.
3: I think a Fremantle team would kick a Perth glory up the arse because we want to see more fans over there. Or oh,
0: You go, sorry. Sorry, I would say it would be a good ride. It will finally give Perth a decent rivalry derby. Oh, yeah, long 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 versus. Okay, long. Long versus okay, long. Long. okay, well, there you go. we sort of on that back, same
1: topic. Back in it? the days. Yeah, well, that
0: grand final. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'm
3: sick of the 10 team league. Expansion's my favourite topic. I want yeah. to see. It's hard because, you know, there are a lot of things that we need to get right. And I understand the argument of needing to consolidate the 10 teams that we've got. But at the same time, I think to sit still is not consolidating the 10 teams because there needs to be a little, little bit more of a generation of excitement
0: and I think the, just quickly quickly, the South Melbourne is probably the only viable option because we have a very weird market space we already have for the corporate dollar oh, in, in it's Melbourne it's the toughest market in the world I'm New sure. York City let's, let's quickly break down New York City probably biggest sporting city in the world one of the biggest cities in the world how many football teams have they got they've got two, two teams they've got one basketball team and they've got two baseball teams and that's it so we've already got eight in Victoria we've got how many eight, nine AFL nine AFL teams plus Geelong plus, yeah plus everything else wow. so, yeah. so yeah it'd be if South South would probably be the only viable option Bank of Cyprus is the sponsor who knows <laughs> 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 uh, I'll let you ask the next
2: question on the point of the Academy which is something we get lots of questions yeah, about yeah, yeah. But
0: Have you heard anything about Melbourne Victory Academy? Uh, if Victory continue to sleep on it mm. quite a lot what like they did with the Women's League as well will they lose ground on Melbourne City and their ability to bring in the best young talent in the country?
3: I say to the Victory fans who are worried about it don't stress, it's going to happen, it is happening um, and I've, I did a big interview with um, the chairman just before Christmas. It was around the time where we did that thirty-two own goals or thirty-two fuck-ups, which we called, yeah. it, which was the offer off the record title. We probably <laughs> put that in the headline. Um, and I could sense he was biting his tongue on it. So I think it's close. I think they're close to an announcement. They want to get it right. There's no point in announcing. There's no point in being half pregnant and announcing something that's only almost there. I think fans will be really happy when they finally get it
2: across the line. And I think it's mm. minute. I really do I think, minute. think it's. Minute. I think we said in a Victory Secret probably the second or third episode that they were looking for land to buy northern and that's suburbs and part yeah. too the, the land is an issue
3: yeah. um, the, the might of Manchester City struggled to find the appropriate land and they ended up just plumping for the same thing out of the trope um, yeah, when they had it. the, the yeah. academy so um, the City Football Academy so yeah it, that's, a, that's a hard thing but yeah don't stress it's going to happen you mentioned the W League too the Victory it was a bad season for them off the field. In terms of, they, they took over the W League club, which was a great first step. But in terms of the on-field results, was poor. They need to spend the whole salary cap next year and give their players a professional experience, because that would have been embarrassing to see Melbourne City, um, you know, white floor clean for them. Yeah, that that's true. I guess what can you do that when, when City made mm-hmm. all your plays as
2: well? very yeah. difficult.
3: Yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah. But if you, it wasn't even so much the salary cap as much as no, I, I'm sure I don't think they spent the whole salary cap. It was just the offering of a professional experience that yeah. attracted so many of their players.
2: Move on to the next one in regards to refereeing. And I have spelt refereeing wrong. It's a big weekend, obviously, because I spelt refereeing wrong. On this hey, referring button. in the league. Referring in the crisis point. Yeah. <laughs> so has, has referring in the league reached a crisis point? Even with the introduction of full-time reps this season, it doesn't seem like it's made a difference. And is there any way to improve? I know Boza has said that uh, a, f- a fifth official would be beneficial. I believe also Adam Peacock mentioned on Twitter over the weekend that it cost about $500,000 for Between goal line Every ground's different. Between two hundred
3: and fifty grand to five hundred grand per ground to install goal line technology, I think we're just at the behest of a TV rights company that wants to come in and invest <coughs> the
0: money if they yeah. want to. Yeah, Bloody camera already in gold. Like, well, you know the you thing, put thing is an in too... In and go, up, go upstairs to the... TV box or wherever someone's sitting there and go over the line or
3: not. It's just the right. common sense approach in that FIFA doesn't allow it unless you've got the actual hundred percent ironclad technology. Yeah. The TV replays though on the other night would eliminate the howler. Now if that ball was only marginally across the line, you'd you'd be angry but you'd sort of be like, okay, let's well, just rubber the green. But that was so far clearly past the line that the TV the play didn't, play wouldn't have had to stop. You saw it. Sorensen was still down in the ground when the replay went up on the screen, it would have just been like, go, done. You yeah. know, like so it wouldn't eliminate the howler. The refereeing cross point to get back on topic. Yep. Um, again, there's shit decisions every week in the AFL and the NRL, and they've got video refereeing and cricket. It's just, we, like, we need referees, because without the referees, we wouldn't have a sport. Yes, they're bad sometimes, but they're bad in England too, and they're the professional and they're the best league in the world. So... It's kind of banging your head against the wall if you're going to get that frustrated every week by referees.
1: I see a lot of people whinge about refereeing, and I'm with you on this one, Matt. I think, you know, we just got to take the good with the bad a lot of the time. Um, Yeah, agree with uh, what Buds has said about, you know, taking it up where where there's any doubt or any contention about it. But I did also hear that they're trialling over the finals series, this final series, a fifth official that will be standing behind or around the goal... Which would have eradicated that decision. Exactly. Yep. So that's at least happening for the finals, which is some, some relief, I guess. Yeah.
2: Also, for Buck's sake, is No Fix Address City Tours. They are a social enterprise that offer uh, tours of the city, including Abbotsford and Fitzroy. Uh, the tour guides are disadvantaged disadvantage people who uh, will show you a side of Melbourne that you haven't seen before. You can find them on No Fix Address on Facebook, No Fix Address Walking Tours, or also NFACityTours.com. We'll get to the next match once again, another huge match as we go up against Adelaide United on Friday night at Amy Park. Uh, I'm hoping we win this. I'm hoping that, that uh, last week's performance is an indication that we are perhaps seen the
1: corner a little bit. Uh, oh, I'm worried, Jase. Uh, Barbarousas and Broxham are suspended for this. No, 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 no. Broxham's, Broxham's, not. Broxham's, Broxham's not. No, he's not. I, I promise not. you Broxham's, Broxham's oh,
3: okay. not. Um, I thought he got he had, two, he had two yellows in the one game and they don't count towards Ah, uh,
1: well, there you go. So I got that wrong. Uh, Barbarousas is out, which is still a worrying thing. I mean, Archie will probably come in for him to start. Um, and that's great that Brox is in, so maybe not as uh, concerning.
2: Yeah, that move won't be as uh, as bad uh, this week, hopefully, with Brox in there. Uh, what are you thinking in terms, obviously Adelaide uh,
0: in quite good form, um, can we beat them at home? Yeah, we generally, we generally perform against them when we're at home, and um, I'd say we're their bogey team. Um, I, I think our performances have been good enough in the past two weeks, we've shown steely resolve, um, I can't see why not, um, like we, last week we got ripped off blind, like we had a good game, yeah. like we played above, above what I thought we would and I, I don't see anything too wrong, it just depends how Kev sets up um, yeah. his tactics during the game. Um, it's going to be a good game. I mean, we've been spoiled the last three weeks. It's, it's fans, blockbuster central. From How
2: victory. good is it? it's, yeah, <coughs> it's unbelievable. What do
3: you think about when we win? I'm not. I'm, I don't. No offence, Dave. I don't share your thoughts at all. I'm not nervous about it at all for, for victory this week. I think they win. Uh, I mean, I know Adelaide have been coming, but I don't think they've proven it yet on the road against a, a real title challenger. I don't see it happening this week. I think victory going to be smarting after the um, the result the other night. Um, I think they just they have to win and, and they will win and, and it, for whatever reason in the A-League there are certain teams that play at certain grounds that don't do well do do well whatever Adelaide and Amy Park against Victory hasn't been one of those for them and I, I think Victory
1: wins yeah along with Adelaide it's Perth that are the two sort of form Four sides of the league at the moment. Um, yeah, look, it, it's a tough one for me. I, I'm thinking that at home we should have their measure, but yeah, just missing Costa, a little bit of a concern. I, I think we're going to uh, share the, the points the again. The
0: great man's going to be back. The great man linking up with Big Best. Best is still got steam in his ears. <laughs> of... I'll say 1 0. Mario is saying
2: 2 0. Nil. Two nil. Two nil. To but the buck. Dave? 1 1. That's no, 3 1 to the buck. Whoa. Three, you beauty. <laughs> so we'll end it there for Vuck's sake this week. Uh, thanks to Dave and Budza for joining us as always and also to Matt. We do appreciate your time and your coming on, out right. to Matt. thanks my... Matty. Yeah, so we'll leave it there. Thank you. One the